Morning, Dave. How are you? Very good. What a weekend it was. We just touched on some of the highlights in that opener. And, well, let's start West, mate. Obviously, we saw it all unfold uh, on our television screens on Sky Thoroughbred Central, Sky One. Um, extraordinary. I mean, it wasn't the biggest race in Damien's career that he's uh, that he's won prize-wise or status-wise, but I tell you what, it was, like I said, something out of a movie. It was, wasn't it? And had the day off on Saturday, finishing off a couple of weeks of leave and was able to sit there and just with my my mouth wide open watching, watching what was probably one of the, the best two hours of racing we saw for the year. With the, the the way in which it, he, he's now finished, obviously, Damien, um, one thing I will say about uh, the, the way in which it was marketed, um, that it was Damien's farewell, Have you? I mean, we've seen some great farewells in our time, maybe not so much for the rider. I mean, obviously, he is referred to as the GOAT, but I've never seen um, uh, one of our riding athletes celebrated so much by a hometown crowd. Yeah, it was, a, it was good that Damien decided... I'll finish off in Melbourne, and then I'll go back to Perth and have my last ride there, where it all started. So that was that 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 gave um, WA Racing a fantastic opportunity, and did it didn't it deliver? Like um, going into the last three races, you you just want him to ride a winner. He rides rides the winner of the the seventh and then the eighth, and you're coming into Moodle Work and you're thinking, well, surely surely not. And I think a lot of people on the turn were thinking, of course not. And at the 200, when he popped through, even Darren McCauley got a got a surprise, saw him burst through. You could just see him pitching for the runs on the inside, you know. And if one thing went wrong, the fairy tale wouldn't have happened, but everything went right, and Muduek charged through and beat Ripcord, who's a fair horse. I think we might see him over here, here next year. So um, really... Great scenes, you know. You could hear the crowd chanting "Ollie" and things like that. We just don't see that on race courses, and it was it just it just added to a, a night that um, with the year of the minion and Phoenix was fantastic for sale for for our sports. Let's talk about the inner dominion uh, because it was uh, incredible leap to fame. I know we saw him beaten in the Eureka in uh, in Sydney, but boy, oh boy. Uh, I really hope that we um, we we keep seeing more of that leap to fame magic at the racetrack uh, all across Australia. Yeah, he was um, he was really special. He won the race in the first first um, four hundred metres. Really, it was one of those ones where you just um, you looked at it looked at it, and if he could find the front, that was going to be his best chance to win. And then he found the front, and he just ground them into the dirt. Great uh, example of a, a super horse, a super harness, a super standard bred horse that just keeps running times and had them all off the bit coming to the turn. What was amazing was you thought Swayze was gone. It's run third. I thought Greg Sugar's drive on on, on the second on the runner up was great, but you could take nothing away from Leap for the Fame. He was he was simply the best horse there on the night and he proved it. Um, it's been a long term plan by Grant Dixon and Kevin and K Seymour. They they decided to give up a lot of races during the year to try and win a Eureka, which they just fell short in, and the Inter-Dominion on, on their home track at Albion Park. And they got the job done, which was fantastic to see. And, you know, what's ahead of him? He's only a four-year-old. In harness horse terms, that's that's very young. You know, they, a lot of the horses get the um, seven, don't get to their best till they're seven. And seven. So um, we have a lot to look forward with this 
to with this guy, and hopefully they keep him racing for a while yet. And Albion Park, obviously, it was great to see a lot of people at the creek on Saturday night on that coverage that was coming through on Sky. And obviously, there's going to be some history-changing stuff that happens in in around Brisbane, obviously, with new complexes being built, etc. Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting, isn't it, though, that the Albion Park, so, for so long, you go to Brecky Creek for a steak and walk over the trots. It's... Um, it's 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 going to disappear in the next couple of years, and they've got the greyhound, the greyhound centre that they've made out at Logan somewhere, and they're going to put a trotting centre together with a state of the art track. So, um, inner city racing leaving Brisbane, but realistically, we're seeing that happen a lot now, with um, especially with the greyhounds in the trots. There's there's not a spot. It, it seems like it goes out towards the peripheries of um, of of cities and things like that. So, you know, we can go back and talk about the great nights that we were at Albion Park and Harold Park in Sydney, but, you know, with housing and that, they need these these spaces to put up houses. So we'll see that. Just want to add, um, just believe, this is a horse that went to the elite lot last year and um, it's it's clearly the best trotter in, a, in the country. It won the trotters, trotters final without that without the ear pumps being pulled and was basically going half pace. You know, mm. it, it is it is a world-class pace. So we, I saw Jess Tubbs after the race said, oh, we probably can't afford to go back over the elite lock. You'd love to see him go over and take on the best in the world. Again, it's an expensive um, expensive to go over there if you if you don't win. But, um, geez, um, it, it is a sensational trotter. We're chatting with Chris Ridge this morning from the Sydney Morning Herald. And what about the Phoenix, Chris? Of course, uh, covering off all the codes, one by Scalacci. Um, great little concept, obviously uh, very Everest-esque, as we're seeing with a lot of these um, sort of big races that uh, are across all the codes now. And uh, it, was a, it was a good story to come out of that too. Yeah, the winner, Scalacci, which um, had a photo with Damien Oliver during the week. So you, you, um, you saw a bit of cross-code promotion there and... Um, just jumped to the front and um, they couldn't run it down. Like a bit of scrimmaging behind and the favourite, well back favourite, um, had no luck. But it's um, it seemed to be a big crowd down in Melbourne and they've, they've done a good job with that race. Um, I guess it's one of those races where you've got the tab, you've got um, uh, sports bed and lad breaks have all got slots. So, you know, everyone's promoting it. So it, it just shows you what can be done with a, with, um, with a sport like that. With, with sport, with a race like that, that mm-hmm. at the end of the year sort of sits in well to get um, all their horses, dogs for the Melbourne Cup and things like that, and um, makes it makes a great end to the year. And Mr. Talgi, who is the owner and trainer of Scalacci, he owns a pizza shop. He um, he runs a pizza shop, and obviously uh, was uh, just lost for words. And he's a big Damien Oliver fan as well. Hence the name, uh, as you said, Scalacci, and they had that photo together. And he even said uh, to the press afterwards, he said, "Look, I, uh, I, I backed Ollie in that final race tonight. I won't forget. Uh, obviously, this dog means everything to me." So it was three great stories. Obviously, also in Sydney, we had some racing on Saturday, uh, which we saw some really interesting results. And one thing I will say is, um, I was very impressed with how that track played. Yeah, it played really well, didn't it? The, yeah, you had a little bit of trouble making ground, I would say, Dave. But you know, overall, if you if you were good enough, you could win. I thought um, time the boogie was very good. Um, there, we're into we we have um, we have the Christmas meeting next week, and then Boxing Day. It it doesn't stop, does it? It doesn't. And I'm um, hearing down the grapevine twenty five thousand 
uh, pre-tickets nearly have been uh, sold or there's been a lot of interest in that um, that Boxing Day uh, racing. Um, yes. that's, so... the international, that's the international passport holders day, isn't it? Though? Yes, they, yeah. they, they, they seem to make it right. I think, I remember Irish Kisses won there last year and the crowd just went berserk. I think there was about 10,000 Irishmen there who backed it at 30. If you're keen on getting to the races on a big day, I know there's a lot of obviously things happening with the uh, cricket and the family stuff and the shopping and all sorts, but if you've got a free day, put down Boxing Day and maybe head to Royal Randwick because it'll be packed and uh, there'll be a lot of sights and sounds. I'll give you the tip. Don't worry about that. Chris, look forward to chatting with you throughout the week. We're going to have, obviously, uh, you're still joining us on Thursday with your regular spot and uh, Friday with the punters panel. And then next week, Luke Marlow will be in the chair for the week through until after New Year. And then we're back into it, mate. We'll be up at Magic Billions and we'll be rolling into a very busy autumn period. Marlow will be refreshed after um, his trip to Coffar, mate. Won't he?